Welcome to Narratives and Nightcaps. In today's special episode, we're talking to Anne McDonald, the Acquisitions Director at Indigo River Publishing. Anne is an author herself, and at Indigo, she works directly with writers to provide them with feedback and direction as many strive to find the right path to publication. Indigo is a progressive hybrid publisher that's been partnering with authors and publishing hundreds of books since 2012. Welcome, Anne. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. We are, this is a topic I'm so thrilled to bring some more attention to, to even talk to you about so that we can learn and answer questions. But I know that hybrid publishing is a topic that I think not just us, but many people have questions on or are intrigued by, but just don't have the information or haven't sought out some of that information. So I can't wait to go through all of the questions and talk about you and Indigo and your work at the hybrid publisher. Yes, I completely agree. And the word hybrid has been used in so many different terms within the publishing world that I it's caused a lot of confusion. But I think at the end of the day, publishing is confusing. So. <laughs> Yeah, far more confusing than people realize until they get into it. And then at first, it's a little bit overwhelming, but you just kind of break it down. And yes, and there's so many different paths now for authors, which part of my job is educating authors on the different paths and providing, you know, education on what levels of publishing an author can be at, which I really enjoy because when I went to go publish my first book, I was so Green, I literally Googled, how do you publish a book? I had no clue whatsoever what I was about to dive into and learn. The querying, the agents, the social media you had to put into it, the Twitter community you could become a part of, the pitch events, the can you pitch directly to publishers? Can you not? Do you have to have an agent? Do you not have to have I mean, it was just such an eye-opening world with an immense a monumentous amount of information. And when I got into publishing, I realized how false and wrong all that information was. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, I did everything wrong and uh, I did nothing right. And now it's like now working in the publishing world, seeing the other side of that has just, it, it has been incredibly eye-opening and to come to the understanding of the different spaces that authors can be in and knowing that if you want to be a published author, there really is a place for you. There's a path and you just have to figure out which path it is that you are going to excel at and which one you want. And you can figure that out by asking yourself the main question first is, why are you writing a book? Like, what's the purpose of publishing? Like, what is your main goal of publishing this book? If it's to make money, side note, you should get another job. Because <laughs> I always feel like others are like, I want to write a book to make money. And I'm like, you're in the wrong space, bud. <laughs> Seriously. It looks, like a, it looks like there's a lot of people out there making a lot of money, but it really is kind of the 1% of us. It's very difficult to um, be successful writing. And it takes a lot. I've learned it takes a lot of money to make money when in publishing. For sure. Amen. Well, and I feel like a lot of those authors that like are the big, you know, household names at this point, have been writing for years and it just has taken a decade, you know, five years, however many years for them to finally get that recognition before then the money rolls in. I mean, look at Colleen Hoover. She's been publishing since 2012 
And I think she was initially at one point a self-published author too. She was. Yeah. yeah. And so she's written books. She's slow. It's a, we call it a slow burn. She's had this like slow burn where she's developed this readership, a very loyal following. Here she is suddenly viral on TikTok. I mean, everybody was talking about it ends with us. Right. I eventually had to read it. because I was like, OK, I got to read this book. Everyone's talking about it. I'm so annoyed that I keep hearing about it that I'm just going to read it, you know. And so she had five out of the top 10 selling books last year. And each one cracked a million. I was like, this woman is a freaking genius because she didn't just best sell one book. She did it on five of her other books. She is just, she's that next level that I think every author really wants to get to, but you, she realized that this is going to take time, that I'm going to have, yeah. this is the slow progression. It doesn't happen overnight. That one hit wonder, like where the crawdads sing for an out, a breakout, you know, author that is very rare. And it, it takes a lot. And I don't think authors realize how much it takes to get there. I definitely was that author of, oh, I've written a book. I'll put it out there. People will just love it. And they'll come to me. That's not how it works. <laughs> if only, yeah. I mean, across industries, I think everyone feels that on some level. But, well, let's start then by explaining what hybrid publishing is is for someone who's never heard of it and maybe comparing it to the other different routes. I think people have, even if you have no concept of the publishing industry as an umbrella term, you sort of understand self-publishing kind of. You probably don't if you're just a reader, like you actually don't know what that person went through to get that book published, but you sort of get it and then you understand the traditional route. So what is hybrid publishing for someone that's only ever heard it just in like briefly in a conversation, saw on a blog, but has no idea what it is? So hybrid publishing is the middle ground between traditional and self-publishing. So with a traditional publisher, they purchase the book from the author. And so and then in terms, it's the product of the publisher. Self-publishing, you're publishing your own book. You have full control of it, full royalties of it. But you don't have the professional backing of a company that really knows what they're doing to market and put your book out there and the distribution channels sometimes. So hybrid kind of spawned as this excellent middle ground where you get all the professionalism of a traditional publishing house and you get a publisher behind you, their distribution, their marketing, their professional services. So your book is up to industry standards, which a lot of times with uh, self-publishing is really hard to get to that space. So you're able to get that kind of industry level, high quality book distributed in the way a publisher does, trade reviews, all that kind of stuff a publisher puts behind a book, but you're able to keep your control. So the author keeps their creative control with hybrid publishing. And in turn, they fund the production of the book. And so that's kind of the space. So, you know, we're self-publishing, the author is funding solely. They're hundred percent the funder of the book, the marketing, all that stuff. Traditional publishing, the publisher is funding all of that stuff up front. And then they're taking the profit on the back end because they paid for it, right? They it's their book, they put all this money into it. So they're gonna keep those profits for the most part. Whereas hybrid's kind of that excellent middle ground. We come together and we partner with our authors. We both put into the production of the book and then we split the royalties on the back end too. So it's just kind of this different path for authors. And it's about the author keeping them that in control, saying, I want to be kind of the driver behind my publishing journey. I just really want a great GPS to get me there. And we're that wonderful GPS to get you there. 
That's so true. That's a great, a great way to put it too. I will also say this is just something from the little work that I've done. You've done done far more. But when I talk to family members or friends that are like, oh, like what's your relationship with like with the authors? And I start to sort of explain and all of that, they're like, oh, it costs money to publish your own book. And I'm like, yeah, like it costs a lot of money, especially if you're going the self-publishing route. Like that's that's part of the reason that like the hybrid route makes a lot of sense for this person because they they do they have like the direction that they need and the partnership to help guide them along the way of what is going to work well while still maintaining the ownership of their creativity and everything that they I mean so many authors spend years and years working on all of that and they just want to see it come to fruition so that's it's really hard too because I think people consider traditional publishing as kind of like a free publishing or and that's not necessarily how it happens so when an author if they do get an advance or they just sign with maybe an indie publisher and they don't get an advance that publisher takes on the weight of funding that book so on the back end that that traditional publisher you get royalties once they start making a profit so you lose out on all your royalty potential up until the point that they start making a profit and they determine when that profit is not you as the author. I think that was kind of one of the big issues that the big five was having here recently was authors were saying that they should have been getting their royalties back quicker, but big publishers are saying, well, we're still trying to gain that profit because we put all this behind the marketing, we put all this behind the production of the book and the author really doesn't have a say in what's really put into the book. And then with self-publishing, I've I've talked to authors who have spent way more than it costs to work with us flying through editors that didn't work out that you had to pay anyways or book right. designs that didn't turn out the way you wanted them to turn out or hidden prices and stuff that you didn't realize that we're going to end up pushing that cost a little bit higher so yeah publishing a book can be a really expensive endeavor and it really just matters which way you go you know i feel like you, you spend it or you lose it no matter what space you go to i said if you're if your main goal is to make money you might want to rethink that well, yeah maybe this isn't the path for you in general so who as a writer should consider hybrid, a hybrid publisher i think those writers that want to really keep control of their publishing journey who want to be a part of it um you know i was traditionally published with my first book and the company was nice, but I wasn't involved. I didn't feel like I had a say. I didn't really understand what was going on. And then the book was just released and they distributed it the way they wanted it to. Uh, there was no marketing put behind the book, which was one of our, our qualms, but that publisher kind of determines how they want to put that product because your book is a product to them, how to put that product out there. So with hybrid, it's such a collaborative process. You're with us every step of the way through the editing, the design, the marketing, the launch of your book, the post-marketing. So it's just such a really wonderful collaborative experience. So if you're looking to be a part, have a seat at the table, basically, through the publishing process, hybrid is a really good space for you. If you want to be the CEO and control everything and you really don't want to listen to um Anybody else, you should self publish. That's a really bad analogy for self publishing. That sounded bad. Like if you just want to do it by yourself. <laughs> no, but there are some people that that do that. They just they want to have the the total control of it. And it's not that it's like right or wrong, but you're right. If you just want to be able to manage the timeline and every step of the journey, and and also be willing to 
figure it out too, especially if it's your first one and you're like, yeah. I'm going to self-publish a book, then you need to be prepared to, to do a lot of research and make a lot of connections. So it's just, it's a lot of heavy lifting all on your own, but some people like that and that's, that's okay. That's totally cool. If that is you. It is. I don't see how somebody could self-publish successfully and that not be their full-time job because it really, between, like you said, like the research it takes, finding your own edit, because I always saw others too. I'm like, I, The Blood Inside Me is a self-published book. I wrote the book. I did the book cover design. I edited the book for whatever that means. And I published it through Ingram Sparks for 50 bucks at the time. They're free now. But so it cost me $50 and it's out there. But it's definitely when you put it next to books that are with publishers, you can definitely see the difference. I actually did submit it to a couple of um, contests back in the day, and I got a lot of feedback of, we really love the story. We love your character development, but it was clearly unedited. There's plot holes. There's too many errors in it. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) It's my whole life's work, but fine. (laughs) Everything wrong with that one. Thank you. But, um, but it really is, if you want to be a successful self-published author, it takes an immense amount of, of editing your book, getting that professional book cover design, learning the marketing, listening to those marketing podcasts, knowing how to work KDP or Ingram Sparks to the best of your ability. It really is a, in my opinion, it is a full-time job. And then oh, like, we don't even get into the social media part of it. Right. No, it, it is a lot. And I would even argue that, it, like you said, you're like, I don't know how you could not make it your full-time job. And I would argue that it's almost like two or three full-time jobs. If you really, really, really want to put your like best foot forward with all that's involved from like you wrote the book, so you had the job as the author, and now you have to actually get the book the cover design and get everything formatted. And like you said, get it edited and everything. And then you have all of the marketing and social media and scheduling events and like wanting to do pre-orders and maybe setting up some arcs. Like there's so much more that goes into it than people realize. Where And there's so many, like what I've learned too, working about, there's so many tricks of the trade. Like when you're, when you work with a publisher, they know kind of you know, you want to be a bestseller on Amazon? We know how to get you there. You know, we know the secrets and how to, you know, arrange your book and position it, how to, when to release it, how to release it, you know, dropping your ebook to 99 cents, not making any money, but um, <laughs> just chosen for those reviews. But um, so there's, and you know, the, the thing of like, you've got to have 50 to 100 reviews for anybody to really even see you and consider you valid. So I'm at 20 right now. So if anybody wants to go review my book, please do. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'm I'm curious. So obviously in your role as you're, you are a publisher or you work for a public, what is your role exactly? <laughs> so as the acquisitions director, I work with all the authors in the submission phase. Okay. So authors with Indigo River, they submit on our website and the initial contact is with one of our acquisitions managers. And, well, the initial one is, you know, we review it and we determine, do we think this is a good fit for Indigo River just based on what they submitted? Yes. So then they get on a call with one of our acquisitions managers. And we just, that call is about getting to know the author because 
that's what's so important with hybrid is we are making a partnership. So we have to know that we can work with you and we have to want to work with you. So that's a big part of that first call with my acquisitions manager is, is this somebody that we can see fitting not only their book, but also them as the person within our Indigo River family. And then if she feels like it's a good fit, then she passes the book along to me. I do a full review of the book and then I get on the call with the author if I feel like it's a good fit for Indigo River. And that call is about, yes, I like your book. My acquisitions manager thinks that you personally are also a good fit. I'm kind of feeling that out on our call as well too. And then also giving you kind of more information on how we work with our authors. And then the next steps, because the next step is kind of our partner meeting and our approval process where the team meets and kind of determines because I can love the book and I can love the author, but I might love 10 other authors and books too. So it's like, so the team kind of comes together and says out of these, all these books that Anne really likes, which ones are we actually going to work with? You know, which ones do we really see fitting the best with our company right now? Which ones do we really see the marketing potential with? And so all that kind of stuff comes into play. And then um, if we offer an author publication, then that's kind of when that happens and I reach back out to them and I get to give them the great news. So I love my job. <laughs> I get to like meet with the authors. I get to kind of review a lot of books and give them that feedback. So even if it's not a good fit for Indigo River, I tell every author gets reviewed and every author gets told, hey, this isn't going to work out for us. These are the reasons why I don't think that it's a good fit for us. And so sometimes it can be things just like I read, I read a great book the other day. <laughs> I liked reading it, but it was an erotica book. And we just, that's just not a space that we're public, publishing in right now. So unfortunately I had to tell her, I was like, look, I really liked your book and I love you, but it's just, it's not the space for us. And you're either going to have to find like really a publisher that is publishing erotica. They, are, they do have those out there, or you maybe need to consider self-publishing. And so, because that's a really hard, you know, that's a hard space to be in, I think, despite Fifty Shades of Grey making a great pathway for everybody. <laughs> right. Do you try to stay really diverse and as Indigo Rivers, is that, do you try to have a good diverse range of books or are you kind of focused on, you know, specific genres or specific author backgrounds or just anything specific about what you're looking for? We're extremely diverse. So we have a huge children's book catalog. We have a huge nonfiction catalog that includes business books, self-help books. We have memoirs that we put out. And then we have um, we have a couple of YA fantasy books that, that we've done, a bunch of fiction books that we've done. But then my kind of um, space right now, and this may akin to the fact that I've got two kids that are 10 and 9, but I'm all about the mid-grade right now. I'm like, give me a really good mid-grade book. I really want to start building that genre with Indigo because they don't really have anything in there yet. And I'm reading a lot of that with my kids. So I'm, I'm feeling a lot of a pull towards that. And then just also um, as a psychological thriller mystery writer, I would love to see some more of those to kind of like get Indigo a little bit more in that space. So sometimes I really am looking for those books where we don't have a lot so we can kind mm -hmm. of get into that space a little bit more heavy so we can be a little bit more diverse but then also we do have those authors that come to us because we are we do so well with our nonfiction books and specifically our specifically our business <laughs> books and so they come to us because they know we do a great job and they know we can set them up and that they're going to be successful with us so we do have a lot of those books coming in too and those authors will tell me they're like I'm coming to you because I know you can make this 
you know, get this to the next level because I talked to this author and then that author and that kind of stuff. So you've talked a lot about like how it is a partnership with Indigo and other hybrid publishers, but like what could an author expect if it's their first time working with a hybrid publisher? Like what is, I guess, what's their role specifically? What do they need to be prepared to do once they have a relationship like that? I think first time authors, the hardest thing for them to understand is that editing process. So we send our authors through a very intense editing process. There's three tiers. You get developmental edit, uh, copy, a line edit, and then a copy detail edit. So it's it's kind of a process. And so some of our authors coming in don't really, it takes time to edit. So they'll be like, hey, I haven't heard back from you in two weeks. You're like, I'm still working on it. <laughs> you know, like We're still like diving in and going through the book, but <laughs> we'll get back in a week. And so we try to have some quick turnarounds, but sometimes the authors, you know, authors are anxious. When you decide mm-hmm. you want to publish a book, you wanted to publish it yesterday. And publishing, unfortunately, is so incredibly slow. <laughs> and so it's such a time process. You know, it's years before you're seeing your book come to fruition. And so that, that's really hard. So I really work hard during that acquisitions time to make it as quick as possible and be as we respond to all of our authors within a week or two weeks most of the time we're very quick and efficient with it and even the process sometimes is very quick too you know if you're getting on a call with my man my acquisitions manager within a week or two of your submission then you're getting on a call with me within a week and then you're kind of going to a partner's meeting within the next week so you know we're kind of trucking through this pretty quickly because that was one of my goals as taking over as the director i wanted this process to be very quick because i've been that author that's waited eight months for numerous no's to roll down the the email train or i've sent out fulls and i haven't heard back i mean <laughs> So when I published The Lost Woman, it was like a year after it published, an agent sent back and said, hey, by the way, this isn't a fit for me. And I was like, well, I, well, I thank you. It's already published, but I appreciate your your response. Like, what are you saying that? Like, are you kidding Holy me? Cow. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I get it. They're flooded. They are flooded with books and queries and polls. And I couldn't imagine, you know, kind of that because since COVID, I don't know if you know this, everybody wrote a book. And so. <laughs> so and has a podcast. Exact. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> and so, um, but yes, yeah, so I, I, when I talk to agents, they are just so overwhelmed and flooded. And not only are they trying to find the next book that they want to represent, but they also have all these books that they are currently representing and trying to sell and in a very, very saturated market. So it's very difficult, I think, right now for agents and traditional publishers because it's just the market really is kind of overwhelming right now. And so hybrid is also nice, too, because we're not as overwhelmed. So especially since we're kind of like up and coming in the space, you know, not a lot of people know that we're out here. So it's nice. It's a little bit of a um, not such a OMG I can't handle this. It's so much, you know, type of space. So that's good. But yeah, we try to keep it quick with the acquisitions process. And then throughout the publishing process, you know, I'm kind of, we're always kind of pushing ourselves to say, how can we make this without hurting the quality of our books? Because we're never going to do that. We're never going to cut corners. We're never going to slack on the high quality of the books we're putting out there just for a time thing. But, you know, how can we keep this process moving? How can we be quicker? How can we keep authors a little bit more engaged in this process? Because I definitely think when you're, and that's one of the benefits of going with hybrid, if you are a new author, because you're going to be with us every step of the process. So you really will learn 
what does that editing process look like step by step how you go through it the different edits you'll receive what your your hands in on that book cover design your your one-on-one with your book designer talking about what did you envision for the cover what's popular in your genre what do we see really standing out on the shelves and bookstores and you know where your book is going to be placed it's going to be up against these books right here does it stand out or does it fade away that was something i learned with my first book when i've got the cover that i had with them which wasn't a cover it was just a color it faded away. It just, they were trying something new to be like standout-ish, but it, did, it didn't work. <laughs> it just, just faded into the background. And so it was really oh. sad. But um, so you, you were comparing all that stuff. So when you're going with hybrid, you're just, you're, you're learning so much or gaining so much. I always feel like whether you're doing self-publishing hybrid or even a traditional publisher, if you get an editor that works with you, you learn so much, not only about your writing, but yourself. I remember with my first editor, I learned I'm a word repeater. She was like, I can block out the days you wrote certain parts of this book because today you used the word actually five million times. And then the next it was really. And then all of a sudden we're really stuck on the word. I'm really stuck on the word green right now. Like we're really stuck on the word green like today. <laughs> so when they point stuff out, it's so eye-opening sometimes because when you're writing, you don't necessarily see that about yourself. Oh, that's so, that's so funny. And like, what, what a random word to be, to be stuck on. Um, I think a lot of that speaks to like the rise in popularity of hybrid publishing, but is there anything else that you can think of or that you would add to why it is gaining so much traction for new authors or, I mean, published authors, whether they've self-published before or have gone the traditional route, um, you have a very unique perspective in that you have been in like every pillar and work with all the different authors, but is there anything else that you see that is contributing to the rise in hybrid publishing? I think from the self-publishing space, they're coming over to the hybrid because they're really they're tired. Like we said, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work on yourself. And so I think that they're just tired or they've been burned by editors or they've been burned by a designer that they didn't feel gave them the right cover or they just really are just tired of it, you know? And so they're transitioning to hybrid because they see that really the cost is about the same. And so it's like, you know, whether you put it in individually or whether you put it in with, you know, a hybrid company, you're kind of in the same space of what it costs to produce the book. And so they're they're coming to us because they're like, you know what, at least with you guys, you do it all for me and I don't have to like worry about it. It's you, you're taking care of the time frame. you're setting me up, you're telling me what I need to do when I need to do it. And I don't feel like I'm alone in this. You know, I feel like I finally have a team. A lot of people from self-publishing are coming to us because they want the team. And I think a lot of people from the traditional space are coming into hybrid because again, of that, that time, you know, I spent a year and a half querying a lost woman. And then I finally got a publisher. They were an indie publisher and they were new and they, you know, they ended up not working out. So I got burned that way. And so then there's another year of my book sitting out of print before I, you know, finally was just like able to figure out I've got to just get this book back out there. So I self-published it. And so I think some people are coming to us for that reason, for the, they don't want to have to go through kind of the query situation, the finding an agent, and then that agent having to sell your book, which I think a lot of authors, when they get that agent, it's so exciting. And 
you're like, yes, I'm going to get published. That's not what that means. Um, <laughs> you have an agent. You have somebody who's going to actively try to sell your book. But there's no guarantee still until you have that sign from the publisher that they are going to publish your book that that's no guarantee. And so I think that some authors, unfortunately, spend a lot of time focusing on those kinds of things because this is the way it's always been. And then they're realizing, oh, wait a minute, there's another path, you know, and for traditional to come to us, I think it's a quicker path. You know, you don't have to query agents for over a year and hear all those very depressing, sad news. But there is a benefit. I think there's a benefit to each of them, you know, and I think that I know we're really focused on how great hybrid is because that's my space. But <laughs> but there still is a great space in traditional publishing, you know, um, especially if you kind of want potentially a bigger publisher behind you. Um, I do talk with some authors that have worked with some of the bigger publishers and they end up coming to hybrid, too, because they also feel like despite the fact that they went with a big publisher, they weren't the big name. And so they didn't get the attention that they felt they should have gotten. Um, here I am back again talking. <laughs> no, there's so, there's so many reasons. And, and you're right. Like it, it's all about, you know, what your goals are and also like the best fit for your personality as an author. Just you're making me think about, so I am in just a couple of like self-publishing groups on Facebook more because I kind of like to keep tabs on, if anything major happens and I'm not going to lie, like 95% of it is just very noisy and I don't really pay attention. And, but 5% of it is actually, you know, useful information when someone has a really cool, you like successful story. It's awesome when they share their feedback and what happened, but mm -hmm. it is also really sad when you see the people that are like, there's a KDP glitch and this and, you know, tons and tons of people are impacted by it or something else happens. And there's just so to your point about how some self-publishers, especially if they've been on that journey for so long, they're just they're tired. And and there is a different element, not just with publishing, but so many different industries to having a team, even mm -hmm. if you're a very independent person, just to know that there there's a team there that has your back and is there to help you and to give you guidance and give you advice. I think that makes a huge difference. Even if you're, you're an author who's like, I've only ever done it by myself and I'm, you know, this is all I know, but having, having a group to go on that journey with you for a book or more can make a huge difference. And what I'm seeing more and more now too is you have to make your own space. The publisher is not going to make that space for you. As much as we as writers and authors thought that the publisher made that space for you, I've learned being on the other side, they don't make that space. You have to find that space. You have to excel in that space. So before anybody kind of makes it next level, there's so much more that the author is doing because to really get that big backing from a publisher, you've got to already have a space, you know, they're not, they're not going to take it, especially now because publishing is so incredibly expensive. Like every, you know, inflation is real, right? Everything is inflamed, especially in publishing. But the one people, the one thing people don't want to spend more on is books. And I don't know if you've noticed, but people like we talked about Lisa Jewel earlier. I mean, she can charge more for her book. She's Lisa, you know, Nicholas Sparks, he can charge more for his book, James Patterson. Everybody else is like, eh. like, you know, I don't even know. Like, I wonder what the new Stephen King book just came out for. I mean, I'm sure it's like, I mean, would you pay $42 for a Stephen King book? I mean, if you're really a fan, you will. But 
somebody else that's even maybe a well-known author is not going to bring home that level of money per book. So right. especially with big traditional publishers, if they don't think you can sell 5,000 books out the gate, they're not going to look at you and they're not going to really put anything behind you as the author. And I, you know, I just, I could go on and on about the stories that I've heard about, you know, sad stories, successful stories. They're so different. There's so many. And you really just have to sit down and say, again, like I said, what is your main goal? And I wrote um, a blog on my website that's Pathways in Publishing. And it kind of focuses a little bit on that about once you identify what your main goal is, then it can really help open up, okay, what space is going to be the best for you? Like if you just want to write a legacy book, you just want to, you know, I meet with people and they're like, I just want to leave this book behind for my children. That's, that's beautiful. So you don't actually care about selling any books whatsoever. Nope. Don't care about the books. I just want this book to hand to, to my grandkids or my children or something like that. I'm like, that's awesome. I think self-publishing might be the best space for you because your family's going to love it no matter what. Right. And they're going to enjoy the stories and kind of what you're doing no matter what, you know, so that's just it's that kind of things where it's like, you know, if you want to put out a book to support your business, you're going to want to keep control over that. You're going to want to have a hand in that because if a traditional publisher decides to kind of change things in that book and it's not in line with your business goals, then that can really be upsetting for you because now you've got this book that's not supporting your business. It might even make your business look bad and you're just like, yeah. That'd be rough. Yes. <laughs> you're going to think whose who's interest, I guess, is the, is the focus here, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, and that is like, to your point, you, you have to have a space, an established space. If, if a traditional publisher is going to give you like the time of day. Um, I remember when I first started talking to someone and he was like, look, I don't want to crush your hopes and dreams or anything, but if you don't like reach half a million people on Twitter, then no one's going to look at you. And I was like, okay, Thank you for this encouraging conversation. <laughs> I see stuff all the time where agents are out there and they're like, no, we're looking for new authors. You don't have to have a social following. It, you don't have to, you know, be a celebrity to publish a book. And I'm thinking, yeah, you do. Why are we saying that? <laughs> you know, maybe you are that just, you're hitting at the right time. Your book is hitting at the right space. And people think, okay, your book is coming out and people are going to be hungry for this book at this time. And we think that despite the fact that you don't have a social following, we think we can get you there, you know, but a lot of times too, what people don't realize on the back end is a lot of authors who are gaining that really high success, they're using PR companies. They have a publicist. They have somebody who's got those connections that they're paying a lot of money to that is taking them to the next level. It's not it is not like the movies portray, which that don't get me wrong, because I I get sucked right in. But I those movies that are like, I was the struggling author and then I magically found this agent and they picked up my book and did all the work for me. And now I've been so successful. And that's what everyone sees. And I'm like, and like I said, don't get me wrong. I watch it like I know the formula and it works and that's fine. And you can make them all you want. But I'm also sitting there like it doesn't work that way. Someone tell someone. <laughs> I recently just saw a movie. Oh, it's the new one with Reese Witherspoon and Aspen Kutcher. Reunited. So excited. <laughs> Love it. But she, yeah, she's at a bar and she just happens to meet the guy who can like 
turn her into a bestseller. And I was just like, that's not how that works. No, I know exactly what you're talking that about. That's not fair. That is not, that is not true. <laughs> doesn't happen that way. Uh, no, it's so true though. And that that's what, but then people think that they're like, oh yeah, anyone can get a book published. I could write this amazing novel and I'll just head to New York and drop it off for them and be like, this is my book and it will be amazing. No, you should it is not hold it in the cart. That is no. what I'm writing. You have got to have some thick skin because you're going to hear a lot of no's. And it's, that's another thing too, why we respond to every query and we explain ourselves. We say why this isn't a good fit for us because I'm so huge on that because I've received so many no's and nobody tells you why. Right. You're like, but you specifically said on Twitter, because you know, Twitter, you said you were looking for a psychological thriller or like an AY fantasy about werewolves. I gave that to you. Why didn't you like it? <laughs> you, have you ever received um, author feedback of like, or even like a thank you for telling me or like, have you ever received notice further down maybe an author's journey where they're like, actually, this really helped. And I was able to make a connection in another way. Or is it just kind of after I, you say no and why they're just kind of fizzle out? I laugh because, and this is why people don't give honest feedback is because people don't take it well. They're, they're sometimes very unkind about it and they don't appreciate your feedback. And you when you're taught, when you're giving feedback to somebody that you don't really know, it can be very hard to kind of think that, you know, like I love criticism, like hand it to me, I will take it and I will be better because of it. Not everybody's like that. Some people don't like to be told that something that they poured their heart and soul into was just not good enough. And so they get very defensive and they get very mean and they like to write bad reviews. And you're like, um, yeah. you know, I was trying to like, I was trying to give you some friendly advice here, <laughs> but there are a lot of people, I would say that's 50%. And then the other 50% of people are just very incredibly thankful. They take it. Sometimes they, they take my feedback to heart and then they come back to me and their book is 10 times better and we approve it. And so it's like, you know, it's just really, the, those are the, those are the times I really like this. I'm like, if you, if you do these things, come back to me. And I, and I think we can get you to that next level. And so that's something to where it's like, it, it's, it's 50, 50. So I think that that's sometimes I've seen, I've talked to agents too, who have said that they have tried to give a little bit of feedback and they just get these irate messages back from people. Or even if they just say no, they get mean messages back. Like, who are you to tell me no? Well, well, I'm pretty wow. sure you asked me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the person that could maybe take your book to the next level, but I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you know? You're, you, who made you the gatekeeper? And you're like, well, my job. Yeah, yeah, actually, like, could be the definition of my job, if you put it that way, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so you have wow. With the feedback. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I, I don't know. It's like just the world we live in. But yeah, some people are, they just aren't receptive to, to feedback like that. It's really hard to manage that when you are on the other side, I'm sure, of how to approach that conversation and in a way that if there's someone that's actually receptive and want that feedback that you you want to be able to give it to them but you also are like I don't have time for the backlash the unwarranted backlash yes and I think something that people don't realize too with hybrid publishing is 
part of the requirements by the IBPA is that you do vet all your submissions and you don't take everyone. So that is something where it's like when I'm on a call with an author, it's still not a given. Like we still are determining, do we think this is a good fit for Indigo River? And just because it's not a good fit for up, like, and that's the thing too, like it's so subjective to the different publishers you're looking at. Like my, um, we got a beautiful book submitted to us and we're ending up going to work with this illustrator long-term, but the illustrations were great. The writing was great, but it was, it needs a Christian publisher representation. I was like, I don't think we can do right by your book because that's just not, we're not heavy in that space. And that's the space you're going to be successful because it is an extremely Christian, you know, good night book for her grandchildren. So it was like, you need to go find a Christian publisher because that's going to be the best for you. And so, you know, sometimes it's even that kind of stuff. That's so do helpful. You, oh, sorry. I was just going to ask, do you then, I guess, do you ever give away other contacts that someone could reach out to like the Christian publisher? Or do you just kind of give that guidance of, I think you would do well in this area. I don't necessarily know anybody, but maybe geared toward that. Or do you do you ever just hand out like, hey, I actually have a contact that you could reach out to, see what they say kind of thing? Yes, definitely. If I've got somebody that I think is a fit for somebody else, I'm definitely handing them off, giving them information, emailing that person and being like, hey, I've got this person coming down the pipe. I've referred them over. And I think that that's just with all the different publishers and everybody kind of works differently. Everybody has their own space. So we never really look at anybody as competition. You know, we always want to just kind of say, if we're just not the right space for you, maybe we can help you find the right space. If it's not your time, if you need more work on your book, maybe I can link you with an author coach or link you with a ghostwriter to kind of help you get to that next phase. Because we do talk a lot of pe to people who reach out to us and they're like, I want to write a book to support my business or I want to write a book about, you know, the the trauma I've been through and then how I've gotten through it. So I, to help somebody and but they don't know how to actually write it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we're not going to write the book for you. We're not in that space. So like, let me show you a couple of ghostwriters who we think would be really good for you, you know, and then we can connect them that way, because at the end of the day, my goal as even as a previous author and then in my position that I have my goal is to just help somebody get their book published, whether it's with us or whether it's with somebody else, a traditional publisher, if that's really their dream and what they want. If I think that they could be a good fit for one of the publishers I'm in contact with, I can reach out to them and let them know. But, you know, I actually didn't know any Christian publishers. So I was like, sorry, <laughs> I can try to find yeah. something for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how supportive it is. I think that's just really I don't know. To me, it's unique. Like you just don't find that everywhere with how supportive it is for an, or in an industry, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, I think so a lot of that goes to like competition, though, like in, in the fact that you and are saying you're not just trying to like hog all these authors like you want everyone to kind of have a share, whereas other industries, I think once you kind of find like a really good employee or you find this like super key portion to your network you kind of want to guard that and keep that for yourself and not share the wealth as much per se yes anything i can do to just support supporting <laughs> I, just don't, I really really have this is 
you know, we won't get into political feelings, but <laughs> anytime I can support somebody or support another business, I just, I feel like that's necessary to support each other, put each other up and like, just find ways to help each other out instead of the competition or putting people down or as I, you know, talk about how great hybrid is. And <laughs> no, and there's a space for everyone and in many industries too. And I wish more people realize that. So I'll just throw that out there with my personal opinion. There's a space for everyone and they, people need to figure that out. Um, <laughs> you mentioned like one of the requirements of being a hybrid publisher. Are there other ones that, that are required as an organization? Yes. So, and you can go on the IBTA, I think I'm going the acronym right. Um, <laughs> and they have like, you can look up like the hybrid like requirements because as these different, you know, spaces were coming, it's about like self-publishing, traditional hybrid. And then there's, there's something, you know, there's a vanity press space out there too. People have, people have been confused about like, okay, well, what makes you hybrid versus vanity versus self? You know, like what, what is all the differences and all these different things kind of cropping up? So the IBPA put out some requirements and it's, you have to vet your submissions and you have to provide distribution for your books and you have to provide, um, the, just the professionalism of a of a publisher and then I don't I don't think it's a requirement that you have to provide marketing though I think it's just the distribution you have to be able to distribute the book at a professional level at a publisher level that makes sense so if if someone was looking to find a credible hybrid publisher they could definitely refer to those requirements are there other ways that you would recommend if someone is just looking for a, the right partner, but also like a credible one, what they should be searching for? I always say, go to the website and look at their books. And if you want to order some of their books, feel the quality of their books. If you're a children's author, look at their children's books. Do you like the illustrations that they're coming out with? Because those are the illustrators they're working with. And that's what you're going to have to pick from. You know, we do every now and again, acquire new illustrators or an author will bring us a new illustrator that we then put into our little illustration basket. But for the most part, when you look at our children's books, like those are the edit, those are the illustrators we're working with right now. And same with cover designs, you know, look at the cover designs of the books. Do you see ones that you really like? Do you feel like that's kind of what you would want your book to be like up to that level? Because that's, the book designers you're going to get with that company, you know, so and then the book, the printing quality, like if you get the book in hand, like this is going to be the quality of your book. So you can really judge a publisher by their books. <laughs> so judge it by the cover, all that stuff. And then also to um, I would just say specifically for hybrid, because there can be there's so many different hybrid companies out there and they offer so many different things. So really side by side compare. And like I've talked with. Um, authors that need that full tier three editing. I've also talked to authors who have already hired a professional editor. They don't want to go through the editing process again because it sucks. Because uh, <laughs> it's really, it's really intense. Um, and so they want a company that's not going to put them through that intense editing process. So I'll kind of, I'll sometimes refer them to another company that doesn't offer any editing. They're just taking what you have and they're putting the book together and you, they have to vet what you have and they're, when they're taking you on, they're saying, okay, you don't need any more editing. So yes, we will take your book as is kind of like when you sell a house, you know? Right. And so 
sometimes we'll refer to those companies because we'll say this is a company that will take you as is and they won't do editing with you. And then also to always checking kind of like the side by side of the marketing, you know, what level of marketing are they offering you? Are they offering you consultations with other PR companies or publicists within your genre that can give you some really good advice and give you some really good direction about your marketing plan? Because what a lot of authors don't realize is you have to sell yourself. And that's really hard for us authors because I think authors are naturally like introverted <laughs> and we don't want to put ourselves out there. Hence my pen name. I'm like publishing in secret. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, wait, that's not really possible. Like I have to be the talking head. I have to be putting myself out there. I have to tell people about my book. Otherwise, no one's going to know about it. And so, you know, that marketing kind of like our space with Indigo River, you get an author liaison and she's your one on one marketing specialist that works with you pre and post launch and for the life of your book. And so a lot of our authors really, really love that because it just kind of puts us to the next level because you're getting that that help with your marketing and that constant kind of, you know, somebody at your back kind of letting you know what you need to do and what's a good, what's the next best step for you. That's really nice. I would also say too that like a lot of authors are introverted, but there's also the vulnerability when you're mm-hmm. sharing your work with the world and I mean not just because like t- negative feedback in general sucks and like it's always gonna happen no matter what there's always someone out there that like yours just didn't hit the right note for that person and and it does it stinks no matter what to hear that um but you can still be kind about receiving it but that's that's another well, thing I feel like you are a real author until you've gotten that horrible review and lived through it. (laughs) You don't get to call yourself an author until you've gotten that first real bad review. And you're like, okay, thank you for the honest feedback. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. I need to share that with someone who I know just got like a one-star review and they were so, so upset about it. And I was like, girl, that's one, one star in like a sea of three, four and five stars. But like it, like it just didn't it didn't hit the right note for that person but that's like that's that doesn't say anything about your book or like your writing or anything like that you know but it is I get that it's hard and but it is like like you said you write what you know and so a lot of times that can be really vulnerable with what you're putting out there and you do just you kind of like want to hide it's not that you don't want it to go out into the world but you just kind of want to like hide behind it a little bit it's hard to be super upfront about it I mean I only talk about my writing to Megan (laughs) (laughs) it is it's really hard I remember when I first um I met with I went to a writing conference here in Longleaf um over here in Seaside where we are and I met with an agent and I talked to her about my book and she was like she gave me the best advice because she was like you need to come out of the closet basically like you need to tell people you're writing you need to have your friends read this you need to start gaining beta readers you need to start becoming part of writing communities because you can't do this alone because everyone often thinks that writing writing can be very isolating so you need these communities you need that support you need people to understand too i remember when my first book came out and somebody that I'm an acquaintance with that I never ended up developing a friendship with said something to my friend, like, Oh my gosh, Anne wrote a book. Like, I'm so surprised. And she's like, yeah, that's where she's been. 
So like the calls that she missed from you and the time she didn't have to like come out and do dinner with us or, you know, where you felt slighted that maybe she just didn't want to be your friend. Like, that's not what that was. She, she was trying to write a book and it's, you just kind of like, and again, I, I wrote that one in a week, but there's still that editing process is a very long process and you have to, you lose a lot of time. I mean, I think in my acknowledgements of the first book, I think my family and I apologize to my children and my husband and all my friends. I'm like, I'm sorry I missed out because I did. I, I prioritized writing and I had to give other things up. Yeah, no, it is. It's a commitment for sure. Absolutely. This has been incredible and so enlightening and so helpful and just wonderful to listen to and get all of your takes on the industry and so much more. Is there anything else you want to add? So the only thing I would add is I think that there there's all these pathways that authors can take. And my my goal is to just kind of educate on all the different ways that you can publish a book to kind of help every author feel like they do have control over this. And it's not kind of lost. I feel like people need to feel like a level of control over stuff a lot of times. So it's like you can gain that control. And even if you are interested in self-publishing, there is still a huge space for that. Indigo River actually just launched Author Voice, which is a self-publishing services company. So you don't get the publisher kind of support, but you still have a team through Author Voice. There's other self-publishing services that you can use too that I highly recommend because again, it's going with a company that has editors, that has designers that can give you, whether it's like just a document about how to market or launch your book or a checklist or you know, a downloadable on how to launch your book on KDP versus Ingram Sparks or all the different platforms. That's very helpful. Sometimes going with these companies can take a lot of that stress and concern off of you and also validate kind of, you know, the fact that, yeah, the book is good. Let's, let's do this. That's what I always felt like I was getting from going with a publisher was somebody kind of validated. Yes, we like this. We think it's good. You're like, okay, it's not utter crap. Thank you. <laughs> that goes a long ways. <laughs> Absolutely. I know even whenever I've written like a short article or something and it gets published and someone says, oh, that article was really good. I'm like, was it? No, like, yeah, yeah. I, I really liked it. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. That? And they're like, no, I, I really liked it. We want you to write another one. I'm like, okay, then that says something. That reviews so much because, you know, we're putting our work out there and we want that validation. And when somebody gets, gives you a one-star review, it's devastating. <laughs> I know. No, it really is. That's amazing. We will definitely, we'll link to author voice for anyone that's interested. Absolutely going to link to indigoriverpublishing.com and andbrooksauthor.com. And I will just say too that on all of the above and more, there are so many like blogs and educational materials for anyone that is interested or wants to learn more. I know that I've read some of yours and some of the things that have been posted on Indigo and I find all of it is just so interesting and there's always at least like one really good takeaway or point that sticks with me. And so I would highly recommend that anyone that writes or is interested or just wants to learn more about the industry should visit those links and check them out. Do you want to plug yourself anywhere else? Just follow us on social. <laughs> <laughs> all the socials, you know, we're about to launch a really huge educational campaign about hybrid publishing that I'm so excited about. So I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of, we've been working on that for a while now, so I'm looking forward to that 
being out there and just being another kind of resource for authors to learn more. That will be really cool. I'm excited to see it. So, all right. Well, thank you so much again. It's been amazing to have you and hopefully you'll come back for another episode in the future. We'd love to yes, have you. Definitely. Okay. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.